Welcome to the Summerton Church of God Sermon Podcast, a podcast to help you find life, freedom, and purpose in Jesus Christ. I want to finish up this little two-part sermon I started last week on the ministry of angels. I believe in angels, and I believe in the ministry of angels. And I don't believe that the ministry of angels was just confined to the scriptures. I believe that God still has his ministering angels at work today. Amen? A couple of passages of scripture that we looked at last week is kind of the basis for this study that we're doing on the ministry of angels. One is here in Psalm 103, verse 20, where the psalmist said, Praise the Lord, you angels. You mighty ones who carry out his plans, and that's what angels are. They are mighty ones who carry out his plans. We saw last week that just one angel was so mighty that it went through the Assyrian camp and killed 185,000 Assyrian soldiers. That's just what one angel did. Can you imagine when there is a host of angels that God sends on our behalf? But he said that they're mighty ones who carry out his plans. They're listening for each of his commands. And then he goes on in verse 21 and says, yes, praise the Lord. You armies of angels. Aren't you thankful today that there are armies of angels? Oh, hallelujah. And here's what they do. They serve God and they do God's Will. And we're going to get a little more clarity about that here in just a few moments. In Hebrews chapter 1, in Hebrews is a book all about the superiority of Christ. That Christ is superior above all things and Christ is superior above all people. And Hebrews chapter 1 verses 13 and 14 says, To which of the angels did God ever say, Sit at my right hand until I make your enemies a footstool for your feet. I'll tell you how many. God did not say that to any of the angels, but he did say it to Jesus. He did tell Jesus that he was going to make his enemies their footstool. Wow. Or his footstool. And then he goes on in verse 14 and he says, are not all angels. Now look at this. Not just some of the angels. All of the angels are ministering spirits. And we saw last week where they are spiritual beings created by God. They are disembodied spirits, even though every now and then they, God gives them the ability to appear to us in human form. They are spiritual beings that have been created by God. And he said they're ministering spirits, and I love this, sent to serve those who will inherit salvation. So angels are ministering spirits sent to serve the saints of God. And we see that happening here in John chapter 1 verse 51. When in this conversation with Nathanael, Jesus said, Very truly I tell you, that you will see heaven open and the angels of God ascending and descending on the Son of Man. Ascending into heaven, descending back to earth carrying out the commands, carrying out the assignments that the Lord has given to them. Now, last week, we also saw where these created beings, these spiritual beings, are created by the Lord. 
Notice in Colossians chapter 1, it says, for in him, that is in Christ Jesus, and let me just remind you, Jesus is the one who created everything that is. You go back to Genesis chapter 1, it says that everything was created by the word of the Lord. Well, who is the word of the Lord? Jesus is the word of the Lord. And Paul reminds us in Colossians 1 that in Christ Jesus, all things were created, things in heaven and things on earth things visible and things invisible, whether thrones or powers or rulers or authorities, all things have been created through him and for him. So Jesus is the one who created the angels. And then the Bible tells us in Hebrews 13 and two that you and I need to be careful because it's very possible that we can entertain strangers or entertain angels and not even be aware of it. He said, don't forget to show hospitality to strangers. For by doing so, some people have shown hospitality to angels without even knowing it. One scripture says, entertaining angels unaware. So you may have encountered an angel and not even known it when you stepped and helped, stopped and helped that person on the side of the road who had a flat tire. When you gave somebody a meal, something to eat when they didn't have anything to eat or something to drink when they didn't have anything to drink. When, when you entertained, when you were hospitable to that stranger that you didn't know, you never know it could have been an angel sent from the Lord. And you could have entertained that angel unaware. And then the Bible tells us in 2 Kings 6 and 17, that even though they are invisible, we, we, we need the enabling of God to be able to see angelic activity. Remember this scripture we looked at last week, where the, 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 the king of Aram, a guy by the name of Ben-Hadad, had sent his army to Dothan and surrounded Dothan because he was trying to get to the man of God, Elisha. And when the servant of God saw the vast army that Ben-Hadad had seen, he looked over at Elisha and he says, oh no, man of God. He was, he was, he was fearful. He was panicking. He said, what are we going to do? They've got us surrounded. And Elisha looked at him and said, hey, don't worry, chill. You know, those that are with us, they're greater than those who are against us. And, and, and that little servant probably looked at him and said, well, I don't know about you, but I can count. And I'm only counting two right here. I'm, I'm just counting me and you. And that's when Elisha said this. He said, Lord, open up the eyes of my servant so that he may see. And when the Lord opened the servant's eyes, he looked and he saw that the hills were full of horses and chariots of fire all around Elisha. I'm telling you something. I believe that if we could get beyond the natural physical realm this morning, that if the Lord would open up our spiritual eyes, we would see the angels of God hovering over this place today. Because I believe that whether you see them or not, that the angels of God are encamped round about those who fear him. But what specifically... What specifically is the ministry of angels? Well, we're going to look at five things this morning that angels do for us. Here's, here's the first thing, and that is that angels pronounce God's message to us. Angels are used by God to pronounce or to announce God's message for us. You remember that it was an angel that announced to Zecharias and Elizabeth that they were going to have a baby and they were to name him John the Baptist. That it was an angel who went to Mary and told Mary that she was going to give birth 
to the Son of God, to Jesus, the Messiah. You remember many other times in scripture, matter of fact, when Jesus was born, on the night that he was born, the angels announced glory to God in the highest and on earth peace, goodwill towards men. They announced the birth of Christ and they even announced the resurrection of Christ because when some showed up to the, to the cemetery that day, the angel looked at him and said, why are you here? Seeking the living among the dead. He is not here. He is risen. And then if you go to somewhere like Acts chapter 8 verse 36. In, in Acts chapter 8 verse 36, an angel of the Lord appears to the, a guy by the name of Philip. And he tells Philip, he said, Philip, there's this Ethiopian eunuch that is ready to get saved. And so I need you to go to where this Ethiopian eunuch is and present the gospel to him. It was an angel of the Lord who went to Philip and gave him that message. And then in Acts chapter 27, Paul is on his way by ship. He has been arrested and he is on his way by ship. He is a prisoner headed to Rome. And when they leave an island by the name of Crete, Paul looks at the people on the ship and especially the captain and he says, guys, listen, I just don't feel good about this. I believe that danger lurks ahead and that we don't need to sail from Crete right now. But they didn't listen to Paul and instead they all boarded the ship and it wasn't long until they found themselves in a storm that had them fearing for their lives. And in the middle of that storm, Paul stands up and he says, I told you so. That's basically what he said. He said, I told you so. I tried to tell you guys not to leave Crete, that it was going to be dangerous. But he said, let me just tell you that even though our ship is going to sink, even though the ship is going to be destroyed and the ship is going to go down, he said, there's not going to be the loss of any lives. Everybody's going to survive. Everybody's going to live. Well, Paul, how did you know that? Well, the scripture tells us here in Acts 27 and 23, he said, last night, an angel of the God to whom I belong, praise God. Aren't you thankful today that the God that you belong to has a host, has an army of angels? angels that he can send and dispatch on your behalf at any moment. And Paul said, the angel of the God to whom I belong and whom I serve, he stood beside me and gave me this message. He said, don't be afraid, Paul. You must stand trial before Caesar and God has graciously given you the lives of all who sail with you. In other words, Paul, you're going to make it there safely. And all the men on the boat, they're going to make it there safely with you. And so Paul looks at the guys on the ship and he said, so keep up your courage, men, for I have faith in God that it's going to happen just as he told me. In, in just, it, it was an angel who brought the message. It was an angel who made the announcement, but Paul knew that it was a message from God. And he said, you can bank on it. When you get a word from God, when you get a message from God, you can bank on it, friend. It's going to happen exactly the way that God said it was going to happen. But sometimes God can use angels to get his word to us, to get his message to us. But not only do angels pronounce God's message, and really that's the most basic ministry of angels. That's what the word angel means is messenger. And so that's the most basic ministry of angels is to, to get messages from God to us. 
But here's a second ministry of angels, and that is that angels also provide for our needs. Now, let me just say this. They're not the provider of our needs. But God can use angels to get provision to us. God is our provider. Amen. God is the one who takes care of us. God is our provider. You remember when Jesus was in the wilderness, 40 days and 40 nights he had been praying. He had been fasting. He had had nothing to eat. He had had nothing to drink for 40 days. And at the end of that 40 days of nothing to eat and nothing to drink, he is bombarded by Satan. Satan tempts him in every way possible. So you know that by the end of it all, that Jesus is famished because he was a human being while he was here on this earth. He was famished. He was tired. He was weary. He was worn out. And so the scripture tells us that at the end of his testing, at the end of him being tempted, the Lord God sent angels who ministered sustenance and who ministered strength to the Lord. Oh, I believe there's somebody here in this room today. You may be physically exhausted. You may be spiritually exhausted. You may be exhausted in your soul, your mind, and your emotions. But I believe that before we leave this place, I believe that God could send an angel to strengthen you. Is there anybody else that believes that besides me here this morning? That God can bring an angel to strengthen you and to sustain you no matter what you're going through. Think about Elijah. Elijah, you know that guy that the Lord spoke to, a prophet in the Old Testament, and he said, I want you to go to King Ahab and I want you to tell him it's not going to rain for three and a half years. That there's going to be a famine for three and a half years, but God also assured Elijah, I'm going to take care of you. And he sent him down to a brook called Cherith. And here he is at the brook, and he could get water to drink out of the brook. And every morning and every evening, God would send ravens to feed him. Well, after three and a half years, ain't been no rain, the brook dries up. And so God sends him down to a widow woman by the name of, or down in Zarephath. And God said, I've commanded this widow woman in Zarephath to take care of you during this famine. Wouldn't be long after that, Elijah would find himself on a mount called Carmel. And he would, he would have spiritual warfare going on between him and the false prophets of Baal. And how many of you know that nothing can wear you out more than spiritual warfare? I, I've been in both. I, I've been in some physical warfare before. But I've, I've, I've also encountered spiritual warfare. And I'm telling you, there is nothing like spiritual warfare to weary you physically, to weary you emotionally, to weary you spiritually. And that's where Elijah found himself. Man, he was worn out. And on top of that, now he's got Jezebel after him. Jezebel threatening to kill him. Jezebel threatening to decapitate him. And so where does Elijah end up? He he ends up under a juniper tree under a broom tree and he's praying, God, just kill me. I can't take this anymore. Lord, I'm weary. Lord, I'm worn out. But look at what the Lord does for Elijah. It says that as he lay and slept under that broom tree, that suddenly, oh, I love this, an angel touched him. Reach over there and just touch somebody and say, I'm going to be your angel today. Wake up, wake up. Poke him in the ribs. Tell him I'm your angel today. Wake up. Suddenly an angel touched him and said to him, look at this, arise and eat. Then he looked and there by his head was a cake. Mm, Don't you just love cake? 
I could use some cake right now. And at his head was a cake baked on some coals and a jar of water. So what did Elijah do? He ate and he drank and he lay down again. And the angel of the Lord came back a second time. Oh, how many of you know sometimes you need a double dose to get you through what you've been going through? Amen. And he touches him a second time. He touched him and said, arise and eat because the journey is too great for you. And so he arose and he ate some of that cake and he drank some of that water that was in the jar and he went, look at this, he went in the strength of that food for 40 days and 40 nights. Look at your neighbor there and I'm going to have you talking to your neighbor a lot today to keep each other awake. But look at your neighbor and say, ain't nothing like some good angel food cake to strengthen you when you're weary. Oh, and that's what he's got here. And notice it says that he went in the strength of that angel food cake. It gave him strength for 40 days and 40 nights. I've had some good meals, I'm gonna tell you. I've sat down and enjoyed some good meals. I've had some good desserts. I've, I've had some of the finest food, but I ain't never had a food that would sustain me for 40 days and 40 nights and keep me strong 40 days and 40 nights without eating again, but that's what happened. That's what angel food can do for you that earthly food cannot do for you. It can sustain you and it can strengthen you no matter what you're going through. Look, look at what he said in Psalm 78, 24, and 25 about the nation of Israel when they were out there in the wilderness. He said that God made it rain down manna for the people to eat and gave them the grain of heaven. Human beings, oh, I like that. Human beings ate the bread of angels. He sent them all the food they could eat. How many of you know that God can use his angels to provide for you whatever? it is that you need to strengthen you, whatever it is you need to sustain you, God's got it available and he can send it to you through his angels. Oh, I remember when we were living in Klamath Falls, Oregon. I was just a little boy, about three or four years old. And my daddy was pastoring a little old small church there and getting a paycheck of about $4 a week. And he didn't even have enough food to feed his family. But I remember my dad telling the story that he got down on his knees one night and he began to pray and said, God, I need you to provide. God, I need you to provide food for my family. Now, you got to understand this old house we lived in had wooden stairs and a wooden front porch. And anytime somebody walked up those stairs or any time somebody stepped on that porch, we knew it because it would squeak and it would rattle. You could hear every step up those steps and around that porch. But before my daddy could get up off of his knees, all of a sudden he heard a knock on the door. And when he went and opened the door, the porch was full of bags of groceries, but there wasn't anybody there. And my daddy said, I I never heard anybody come up the stairs. I never heard anybody coming up. I never heard anybody going down. I'll tell you what happened. God sent an angel of the Lord and did what only God could do. He provided for us. Acts chapter five says this about the apostles after they had been arrested. 
for preaching the gospel. It says that an angel of the Lord came and provided deliverance for them. That an angel of the Lord opened the doors of the jail and brought them out and said, go, stand in the temple courts, he said, and tell the people all about this new life. I don't know where things are headed in this nation. I don't know how much longer we're going to be here, but it wouldn't surprise me one bit if in the near future the church doesn't enter into a time of persecution unlike the church has ever seen before. They're going to try to stop us from preaching some of the things in the Word of God because it doesn't line up with what they're wanting to see happen in culture. And it wouldn't surprise me one bit if we're not threatened that if we don't stop that we're going to be arrested and we're going to be put in jail. Go right ahead because I know God can send an angel if he wants to and God can open any prison door. God can open up any jail door and God can still put us where he wants us preaching what he wants us to preach. Somebody just give God a good praise right there. Oh, I believe in the ministry of angels today. Hallelujah, hallelujah. (laughs) They pronounce God's message. They provide for God's people. But let me tell you something else angels do. They protect us from harm. Oh, yes, they do. We've been hearing a lot, Psalm 91, during this pandemic. A lot of folks have been preaching about it, singing about it, talking about it, reading it, posting it on Facebook. And listen to what it says, Psalm chapter 91, verses 9 and 10. If you make the Lord your refuge. Let me tell you the most important word in this psalm. If. It's conditional. If you make the Lord your refuge, if you make the Most High your shelter, no evil will conquer you. Now, it doesn't say no evil won't visit you. It just won't conquer you. (laughs) Because you've got the angels of God on your side. No plague will come near your home, for he will order his angels to protect you. Do we really believe that this morning? I believe it. For he will order his angels to protect you wherever you go. They will hold you up with their hands so you won't even hurt your foot on a stone. (laughs) I don't believe that was just for that time. I believe that this is a word for all time. And that when you and I make God our refuge, when you and I make God our safe place in times of trouble, that God is going to order. I love that. He's going to order. He's going to command. He's going to demand that his angels protect you wherever you go. That's exactly what happened to Daniel in Daniel chapter 6. You remember when he was told that if you keep praying to your God, we're going to throw you in a den of lions. And what did Daniel do? He continued to pray to his God. He was thrown in a den of lions. King Darius came to check on him because Darius liked Daniel. And, had, and, and, and really, he's the one that got Daniel into the mess and really would have liked to have gotten Daniel out of it. But there was nothing that he could do to do that. But he shows up the next morning to check on Daniel to make sure that Daniel is okay. And listen to what Daniel said to the king. He said, my God sent his angel and he shut the mouths of the lions. Oh, I'm telling you something this morning, church. God can.
can rescue you from any circumstance, situation, whatever it is. He said, he shut the mouths of the lions and they have not hurt me because I was found innocent in his sight, nor have I ever done any wrong before you, your majesty. And then listen to what he says again about the nation of Israel. He said, I'm sending an angel ahead of you. When I take you from Egypt to the promised land, I'm going to send an angel ahead of you to guard you along the way and to bring you to the place that I have prepared for you to see. I do believe in angels who guard us. I do believe in angels who protect us. Now, some folks take this a little too far. Personally, no offense. I think the Catholic church is taking it a little too far because the Catholic church teaches that from the moment that you were born, you are assigned a guardian angel that is with you from the time that you're born until the time you die. And that you can even pray to your guardian angel. That's not biblical. That is not biblical. I do not believe that every one of us has our own guardian angel that is with us every minute from the moment we're born until we die. Now, now where, where do people get that thought from? Well, more than likely, they get it from this passage in Matthew 18.10. That says, see that you do not despise one of these little ones. Now, there's a couple of ways that this is interpreted. Some people think it's talking about children. And that if you harm children, if you harm or abuse or hurt little children, then you've got God to deal with. But most people believe that it's referring not just to children, but to the children of God in general. And especially to new believers, babes in Christ. And that if we offend one of his little ones, then we've got God to deal with. And so here's what he says. He says, see that you do not offend or despise one of these little ones. For I tell you that their angels in heaven always see the face of my father in heaven. So people take that and say, well, see that right there proves that there's such thing as guardian angels. No, all that proves is there are angels that guard and there are angels that protect. You, let me remind you, angels are not omnipresent. They cannot be everywhere at the same time. They can't be in heaven and on earth at the same time. In John chapter 1, verse 51, we see angels doing what? Ascending and descending. Going into heaven and coming out of heaven. So that means that the angel can't be with you all the time if they have to go to heaven in order to get their assignment. And in order to get their command from God. They are not omnipresent. But notice what it says. It says that there are angels where? In heaven. Always see the face of my Father in heaven. And so here's, here's what you got. You got these angels in heaven, and they are constantly looking at the face of God. Constantly looking at the face of God. Why? Because they want to be ready the moment God gives them an assignment. They want to be ready the moment that God gives them a command. And the moment that you are in trouble and you need a guard or you need to be protected, God says, go, guard, go, protect. And that moment they ascend to be your guard and to be your protector. When I was preparing for this message, 
I read a story about a medical missionary who was sharing his testimony with his church in Michigan who sent him to the mission field. And as a medical missionary, he was working in a little small hospital deep in one of the jungles of Africa. And he said about every two weeks, I would have to go into the city to get supplies. And he said it was so far that about halfway, I would always have to stop and camp out and then get up the next morning and finish my trip. And he said on one occasion when I got to the city, he said, I saw some young men fighting. And one of the young men was injured and he said, me being a doctor, he said, I tended to him just to make sure that he was okay. And then he says, I got back on my bicycle and I began my journey back to the hospital. He said, not long after that, maybe four weeks after that, he said, I was back in the city again. And he said, I ran into the young man that I had helped who was injured in the fight and asked him, how are you doing? He said, I'm doing fine. He said, you don't know this, but after you helped me after the fight, my friends and I followed you because we knew that you had drugs and we knew that you had money and we knew that you would stop halfway and camp out and our plan was to rob you and kill you. But he said, well, when we got to where you were camping, there were 26 armed guards around your camp. The guy looked at him and said, no way. I, I was traveling by myself. He said, I'm telling you, me and my friends, we counted. There were 26 armed guards. Now, now understand he's sharing this story at his church in Michigan. And when he shares the story, a man in the building stands up and says, can you tell me what month and what day it was that this happened? And he told him, and he said, listen, that same day, I drove up to the golf course. And he said, I was about to unload my golf bag when all of a sudden I was overwhelmed by the Holy Spirit that said, you need to get on the phone and you need to get some guys and you need to pray for him because he's in danger right now. And then he said, I want every man in this building, oh God, I want every man in this building that helped me pray to stand up. And there were 26 men who stood up in that sanctuary that day and said on that day those 26 men were praying for that missionary. Don't tell me that angels do not exist. Angels exist and God sends his mighty angels to guard us. And God sends his mighty angels to protect us. Oh, come on, you can do better than that. Go ahead and give God a good, a good applause of praise here in this house. Hallelujah, hallelujah. I want you to stand with me all over this room. I want you to go ahead and come out and help me. Just a couple of more things and it'll be very quick. Angels preside over our death. Somebody here this morning, you need to be comforted in the fact that if you had a loved one who died in Christ, they were a believer when they passed, you need to know that the angels of God were with them when they passed away. I know that on June the 5th, when my dad went home to be with the Lord, 
And I was in the room with him when he left this earth. I know without a doubt, I could sense the presence of angels in his room. And I knew that the moment that my dad's spirit left his body, the moment that his soul left his body, and I know without a doubt that the angels of the Lord, they, they, they embraced and they ushered my father into the presence of the Lord because angels preside at our death. But not only that, angels praise God with us. <laughs> Did you just hear what I said? Angels. We, we, we think that we're just having church with just who's here this morning. Oh, no. No, the angels of God are praising God with us this morning. Look at what the scripture says here in Psalm 148 verse 1. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord from the heavens. Praise him from the skies. Notice. Praise him from the heavens. Who in the heavens? Notice, praise him, all his angels. Praise him, all the armies of heaven. And then he goes down to verse 7. And he says also, praise the Lord from the earth. Not just from the heavens, but also from the earth. He said this. He said, praise him, all the kings of the earth and all people. Rulers and judges of the earth. Young men and young women. Old men and children. And then he finishes by saying, let all of heaven and let everybody on earth, let them all praise the name of the Lord. Can we join the angels of heaven? Can we join the angels of heaven? Come on. Can we join the angels of heaven today and give God some praise? Come on, don't stop. Keep it going. Keep it going. Keep praising Him. Keep worshiping Him. Well, I hope that you were blessed and inspired by today's message. We here at Summerton Church of God believe that God is a God who still does miracles. And we're seeing it on a weekly basis. People's lives being transformed by the power of God, being saved, healed, and delivered for the glory of God. And we want you to experience for yourself. So why don't you come and be our guest one Sunday here at Summerton Church of God. I look forward to personally meeting you.